0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The midterm
1: elections. Intense debates. It's ridiculous for him to accuse me of being anything. What you are attempting to do is continue the lie that you've told so many times. How dare you, sir? You have 30 seconds. For Senator Lee, it is not a prop. I'm going to report fraud. DOT.gov. Dot Russia deepening an alliance with Iran. Suicide drones.
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Uh, the FBI has some explaining to do about the Russian collusion scam. They, uh, let me first take you to an article out of PJ Media that came out earlier today, and I'll get to the breaking story that Igor Danchenko, has basically found been found not guilty of the four remaining counts against him about lying to the FBI. Uh, this article came out this morning from PJ Media. A Virginia federal jury resumes deliberation today in the trial of Igor Danchenko. Danchenko is accused of lying to the FBI about the made-up Steele dossier, a fanciful and perverted collection of scraps, baseless allegations, and rumors that Hillary Clinton's campaign contrived to link Donald Trump to the Kremlin. As has become crystal clear in the Danchenko trial and the Durham's previous trial of Democrat lawyer Michael Sussman, Hillary Clinton was the only one working with the Russians in the ties to the Kremlins to fund her Russian collusion propaganda op. Indeed, one wonders if the Steele dossier itself could have been Russian disinformation. But don't ask the FBI, because as special counsel John Durham amply pointed out in the Danchenko trial, the premier law enforcement agency in the land was spectacularly incurious about the truthfulness of the guy they paid $200,000 to to be a confidential human source to hide him under the guise of protecting sources and methods. As with Durham's previous unsuccessful prosecution of the Democratic National Committee's DNC and Hillary Clinton's lawyer Michael Sussman, the FBI was incurious in order to keep the fake news about Donald Trump going. If you want someone to go to jail for this corrosive and explosive Democrat information operation to manipulate an election using the FBI, the CIA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, FISA, uh, and a slavish media, don't get your hopes up. Even though, uh, even though Durham's prosecution has shown FBI manipulation of Danchenko— The FBI isn't technically on trial here. In fact, the charges made them out to be as the aggrieved party. Durham's team put two FBI analysts on the stand who served on the original Crossfire Hurricane investigation, a Mueller special counsel probe, Brittany Herzog, An intelligence analyst and supervisory special agent Amy Anderson testified that Mueller's team didn't seem to want to find out more about the sub-sources for the dossier. Herzog testified that she discovered that a source for the dossier was Clinton ally Charles Dolan, a PR exec who met with Danchenko in Moscow and worked with the Russian government. Indeed, she met with another source for the dossier in Cyprus, uh, Olga uh, Gilgana, who had ties with Putin's confident Dmitry uh, Peskov, Hes- uh, Herzog told the Durham team on the stand it was an important fact because Mr. Danchenko was identified as being the source for the steel dossier and connectivity between Mr. Dolan and Danchenko was important, especially considering Mr. Dolan's connectivity to Dmitry uh, she considered this connection to be a national security threat. Her FBI supervisor shelved the information, and she was told not to investigate Mr. Dolan and not to take further action But Dan uh, about Dan Chinko's connection to Hillary Clinton and the Kremlin ally Dolan. It's almost as if the FBI and Mueller team didn't want to know or they knew and thought the story was just too political to help uh, uh, helpful to check. One of the counts against Danchenko was dropped over the legal definition of the word talked. Durham's team claimed that Danchenko lied about talking to a source, but had tried to reach him via email. Either way, Danchenko lied about ever communicating with him, according to Durham, but pretended he was a subsource for the dossier. Danchenko had said the source, Sergey Millian, told of a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between the Trump campaign and Russian officials. Evidence uh, presented at the trial showed that Danchenko never communicated with Millian. Millian was also spooked at being called a source, and he fled the United States with his wife and kids. The four other counts against Danchenko alleged he lied to his incurious FBI handler, Special Agent Kevin Helson, Helson was destroyed on the stand by Durham, who undertook a detailed analysis of what an investigator is supposed to do, none of which Helson did. In closing arguments, Durham, who led the prosecution, outlined the four times Danchenko lied to the FBI and argued that those lies were material to how agents handled the case. However, Durham said jurors might realize that the FBI mishandled the investigation, but the government is not here to defend the FBI's performance in these matters. Say all that to say as a preamble, sorry it was so long, but a jury today found the Russian national Igor Danchenko, the primary subsource of the anti-Trump dossier, not guilty of all four counts of making false statements to the FBI. Am I disappointed? Yes. Am I surprised? Not really. Uh, sorry to sound so cynical, but uh, had Danchenko gone down, as as this article said, okay, uh, you could you could look at what was going on there and say to yourself that, oh, well, the FBI was actually the uh, grieved party. Well, yeah and no. If Danchenko had gone down, it would have gotten a lot tougher for the FBI. Uh, Danchenko, Danchenko was their guy. He was on the payroll. Uh, the FBI offered a million dollars to Christopher Steele if he could verify the dossier. I mean, it is pretty obvious that the FBI was sh- – certain people at the FBI, certain decision makers, certain uppity-ups at the FBI were clearly working against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. That's very clear. How bad would it have gotten if Danchenko had gone down? Now, again, they say, well, you lied to the FBI, but uh, the FBI is in this up to their necks. So what am I getting at? I guess I'm getting at when you are uh, putting on trial indirectly the uh, strongest investigative arm of the Department of Justice, the strongest investigative police organization maybe in the world— and they don't want to look bad, do you think you're going to get a fair trial? Do you think the jury was – I don't know. I'm speculating here. But uh, the FBI is not going to go down easy. Am I saying – that? listen, it's it's pretty obvious here that the FBI was not following their mandate. It was not following the Constitution. It was not following their mission statement. How dare they get involved? in the politics of a presidential election. That's exactly what they did. And this is a big part. I don't think Durham did a bad job. I, I mean, I, I wasn't watching. Well, I mean, we didn't know everything that he did, but he's been working on this for months, years. And uh, what looked like it ought to have been a slam dunk wasn't. Was it was because the prosecutors were inept? I don't think so. I'm just saying I don't think so. I, what was it? I, I think when you take on the FBI, uh, you're going to have real challenges. And, you t- and you're taking them on in, in their neck of the woods, in their zip code, up in northern Virginia where they're headquartered. You connect the dots. News and Observer is reporting Madison Cawthorne is scheduled to appear in court on January the 13th in the case stemming from his bringing a loaded handgun to the Charlotte airport. Now, uh, by the way, on January – did I say June or say January? January – okay, I did say January. On January the 13th, Representative Madison Cawthorne will be former Representative Madison Cawthorne. Don't expect him to see any special treatment. The Mecklenburg County District Attorney's Office told reporters today Cawthorne's trial is set for January th- the 13th. Uh, the freshman congressman has not entered a plea. Cawthorne, 27-year-old Republican, charged with possession of a dangerous weapon on a city property after airport security officers found the handgun in a bag in April. Uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department officers confiscated the 9 millimeter handgun, released Cawthorne, which is standard protocol police said at the time. Thorne was scheduled to have an initial appearance today. His attorney handled everything on his behalf. Uh, this guy went down in flames, and uh, he was um, – I'm not going to rehash it all, but I've said before. Uh, this, this guy em- embraced political rhetoric, but uh, his arrogance and his lifestyle, he um, was his own worst enemy. East Carolina University has come out with a new poll and uh, good news for Ted Budd, not so good news over uh, for Cherry uh, Beasley. The latest ECU poll of the U.S. Senate election in North Carolina conducted October the 13th, uh, 10th through the 13th, shows Ted Budd leading Beasley 50% to 44%. Now, up to now, it's been neck and neck, uh, the most we've seen thus far. Was uh, basically Ted Budd up? Well, there was a there was a one poll out with him, him being up four per points, four percentage points. Most of them had him up by one or two. Several earlier polls from the summer had it just neck and neck, tied. Going back earlier than that, Beasley was up, but now um, again, this is an ECU poll, and ECU has done pretty well when they're polling in terms of. Uh, uh, their, their accuracy when election day comes around. So they've got Ted Budd up by six percentage points. That is huge. Can uh, Beasley overcome that in three weeks from today? Not likely. Budd's most notable games have come from women. Beasley currently leads Bud 48% to 46% among women. However, Beasley led... Bud, 52% to 41% of likely female voters in early September. Bud still holds a significant advantage among men, 54% to 39%. Among working-class white voters, defined as those without a four-year college degree, Bud leads 50% um, over Beasley. Bud holds a much narrower advantage over Beasley, 51% to 44% among white voters with a four year college degree. Among likely African American voters, Beasley holds almost an 8 to 1 advantage, 83% to 11% over Bud. Senior voters age 65 support Bud over Beasley, 58% to 37%. Beasley, however, holds a 48% to 42% advantage among voters under the age of 40. For those between the ages of 40 and 64, Bud leads 50 percent, 44 percent. Anyway, the the key number overall is Bud is up for all voters, 50 percent, 44 percent. Town Hall is um, got a story out concerning Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker, who had the perfect response when pressed by an NBC reporter to find one area of agreement with Joe Biden. Let me ask you this question, because if you're elected to the U.S. Senate, you're going to have to work with President Biden. This was asked by NBC reporter Kristen Welker. Here is the uh, give and take from that interview. Cut one
1: you're gonna have to work with president biden and democrats in order to get anything done that's right so let me ask you can you name one thing that president biden has done that you support
2: one thing that he's done that i support Mm. (sighs) he eat a lot of ice cream is
1: there anything (laughs) policy-wise
2: policy-wise that he's done that i support uh you want to run down his policy because he's been doing a lot of things since he's been there executive orders just like signing that student Mm -hmm. with uh, bill that I think was terrible.
1: Common
2: ground? Do you think you could find the uh, with Democrats? With I know I, I I'm that's what's so funny. I'm willing to work across the aisle with any of them. I work with anyone for the people of Georgia. That anyone that's want to help. But can you name a bill that's going to help? And now I'm not putting you on the spot, but give me something that within the inflation reduction that's going to help without taking money from their pocket and stuff that they're paying for. Let me go back to the original question, <laughs> oh, okay. though. What's the well, one thing? That, Is okay. there one
1: thing? Is well, there that's one what I'm saying. thing that, I, I may have that to the thing, President Biden has about, done? That. I
2: may have to think about it. That's what I'm saying, and I'm sorry to tell you this. I may have to think about it because it seems like since he got into office, everything has gone down the drain. Take a minute and think about it. <laughs> oh, is there geez, one uh, thing? Okay, let me think about it. One thing that he's that he put in that I will agree with? You would agree with? <sighs> this is going to be a while.
0: he actually did come up with one thing. Um, He said, I agree with one thing, but Biden didn't do it. When he said he would be the unifier, we all saw that he wasn't. And then he called the opposition names. So that's what I'm saying. It's hard for me to think about what he's done. Meanwhile, when Walker's opponent, Raphael Warnock, Who went and voted early today was asked to explain why Georgia voters should give him another chance with inflation soaring on their watch, this is all he could come up with. Cut to. We've
2: been talking to a lot of voters who say the economy is a top issue for them. Democrats have been in control of the White House, of Congress for the past few years. Inflation has
1: soared. Why should Georgia voters give you another chance? We are still in the throes
0: of a pandemic that dragged on for more than two years. That's the best he can come up with. You know, if you, if you get a chance, go and go online, go on the Internet, and uh, do a search engine for um, both these stories. Actually, the story showed up on uh, Town Hall, so you can actually see those, uh, those interviews on Town Hall and those Q&As. But what was really interesting about it, and it, I think it comes through in, in just the audio, but when you see the video of those two men, Herschel Walker answering the question, and then Warnock, very uncomfortable, where Herschel Walker is projecting confidence in his answer. His tone, his demeanor. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a smile on his face. He's laid back. He's easygoing as he answers the question. He, I mean, you know, people are really um, – the critics of, of Herschel Walker are looking at him and saying, you know, he's not polished. Now, listen, I, I would agree in some aspects that he's not polished. But in many other aspects, I find his demeanor, his presentation so refreshing. I mean, he's so down to earth and he's so relaxed. I mean, a, a, a big part – Of what of uh, when you say okay he's a polished politician Uh, is he relaxed can he can he answer the questions and and not lose his composure Uh, listen he did that the other night uh, Friday night in the debate never lost his composure he didn't lose his composure in this NBC uh, interview but I would submit to you that Warnock when he was asked he was very uncomfortable. About well, how do you explain this inflation? there was a long pause, and then he had, you know he's scrambling for something. well, we're still in the throes of a pandemic. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, I really think that those two sound bites now it, 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 are, are those two sound bites alone going to tell you the outcome of the election? well, I can't obviously I can't say that, but I would say that it does reflect. One campaign that is rather relaxed going into Election Day three weeks from today, and it shows another campaign that looks rather worried, looks rather um, uptight in just the answer. Uh, as a follow up, today, Herschel Walker was doing a press conference. In fact, the press conference had to do with the fact that while Warnock gets a $7,000 housing allowance from the Ebenezer Church, at the same time, they are throwing out, evicting people from an apartment complex building, high-rise, that the church owns for a well, one individual owed like $28 and they got an eviction notice. But I think that the, the total amount of everyone that was being evicted, the cumulative amount was less than what Warnock gets from the church for just one month housing allowance. Now, Warnock in the debate said, no, 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 that's not happening. We're not evicting anyone. That's not true. Which, by the way, of course, Warnock is a pastor, and uh, Herschel Walker turns around and says, uh, uh, wait a minute, they shall not bear a false witness. <laughs> well, again, just a very re- relaxed uh, candidate is, is Herschel Walker. So while they're making this presentation at this press conference, someone shows up by the last name of Fletcher and says out loud so everyone could hear it. And there were, by the way, there were individuals that were not with the Herschel Walker campaign were there as freelance photographers verified the fact that this individual showed up and said, this is all a stunt talking of Walker. This is all a stunt he is nothing but a house inward. He is nothing but a house inward. Now, the protester, the foul mouthed protester, identified himself as Massio Fletcher, yelled at Walker following the press conference. Now, what's interesting is CNN and CBS were there at the press conference. And while there were multiple witnesses that, that, heard this and verified that this guy said this CNN and CBS never followed up with this guy Fletcher saying, what are you doing? Who sent you here? I, I mean, you know that this wasn't just an individual that showed up and decided to do this. Now I have no empirical evidence. That's the case. But my, my strong hunch is he was s- some Democrat, whether it was Warnock's campaign or someone else sent him there to do this. Uh, one, one Herschel Walker campaign staffer told Fox that Fletcher said, in addition, this is all a stunt, he's nothing but a house N-word. He also said he's a joke, he tap dances, and he's a house N-word. Uh, the press conference was right outside Columbia Towers. Again, this is the high-rise apartment building that is owned by the Ebenezer Church. So in essence... This, By the way, this this race is now considered a toss-up. But in essence, this Fletcher person, whom is a war-not lackey, a lemming, is saying that Walker, Herschel Walker, was running as a Republican strictly because he's black. We've said it before. I'll say it again. To run as a Democrat... Now, I mean anybody can run as a Democrat, but I mean as you get high up the list, exhibit A, Kamala Harris, there are a series of boxes you have to check off. This is called intersectionality. And this is the this is the scripture for the Democrat Party. This is the woke Bible, the woke doctrine. The more boxes you check off, the better qualified you are. This is how you, they qualify people to run for office, people to be their leaders. So if you're a woman, you get one check. If you're a black woman, you get another check. If you're a homosexual, you get another check. If you're transgender, oh, my goodness, then you get another check. Uh, a Vegan, whatever. <laughs> Bestiality, that probably gets you a check, too. And again, Kamala Harris, would she have ever been considered if she was not a black woman? certainly if she's a white male, out of the question, the only way that she would have been passed up if there was somebody else amongst the Democrats that was a black lesbian woman. In that case, Kamala Harris would have gotten uh, passed over. But, but for, for them to point to Herschel Walker, in essence, to say he's just a token. Really. I mean this is this is what the Democrats live and die by. This is this is their mantra. This is their doctrine. And as as is typical as you see it happening right now more and more in and, and a, a number of issues whether it's security at the border, whether it's abortion, whether it's crime, they're all now inflation it's it's the Republicans fault. And they think that somehow this is going to work. Uh, not looking good for the Dems in the midterms. We'll have more on this when we get back. as the clock here we go again counts down the
1: American people are going to have an opportunity this fall to November 8th to give a midterm report card the rhetoric character assassination is heating up they don't really care about facts and truth I have never seen an election cycle like this one it's whatever's going to make the opposition look bad midterm election coverage happens here we are taking our country back
0: the game of politics gets exposed and this is Eastern Carolina and place to talk with Tom and Benny on News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back. in. it is National Chocolate Cupcake Day. I have not had a nas- uh, national. I have not had a chocolate cupcake national or statewide. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> for, for a long, long time. Just saying, if you're listening, dear. Uh, it is. I mean, we need to be patriotic. Right. National Chocolate Cupcake Day. Um, cold tonight. Yeah. Will some areas see frost? I wouldn't be surprised. The, uh, predicted low for tonight. 36 tomorrow, sunshine, a high of 61 with a low tomorrow night of 35, uh, warms up just a tad on Thursday, a high of 66 with sunny skies, clear skies Thursday night with a low 38. So, uh, put a log on the fire and an extra quilt on the bed. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your fall courtside or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. And listen, if you're headed down to the beach this fall, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington, For more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. The Dems have nothing as they go into the midterm elections. By the way, we still have our uh, weather graphic up there, Clark. Um, I mean, they have absolutely nothing as we go into the midterms. Joe Biden... Today, promised that the first bill he sends to Capitol Hill next year will be one that codifies Roe v. Wade. If Democrats control enough seats in Congress for Biden to sign abortion protections into law, it was a speech designed to energize his party's voters just three weeks ahead of the November midterms. Do, do they read the same thing that's out there for everybody else? I mean, I know they probably listen to, you know, the mainstream media, which does not present a realistic pulse of the, th- you know, the, the, the flavor of the American people out in mid-America. I mean, the, the people in D.C. and New York live in their little glass bubbles and they never go outside that. But... The, the american voter doesn't care about roe v wade right now and yet and we talked about this the other day bees when we had ted butt on beasley just got i think it was a 10 million dollars and she's going to campaign on the abortion issue just today nancy pelosi was on with andrea mitchell And she said, oh, I've been out in the highways and byways. Oh, I've been in five states. I'm five states a week. And listen, this is what women are voting on. No, it's not. I mean, there's some that will vote on this, but the majority of the voters, this is not that important. I mean, other shows up higher than abortion does in some of this polling. If you care about the right to choose, then you got to vote, Biden says, during the remarks at the Howard Theater in Washington, he urge those in attendance to recall how they felt when the Supreme Court in late June overturned the landmark 1973 ruling that legalized abortion. Yeah, that was back in June, Joe. And they have forgotten about it. And it's your fault that your party is not going to win. Because, and I must say your fault, you're a puppet. We understand that. It's probably Obama and George Soros that are pulling the strings. But it's those policies, those woke policies the fact that you have decimated our energy – oh, and by the way, uh, yeah, at least I forget, Joe has come out and said, uh, how many more millions of uh, barrels is he going to uh, flush down the toilet so that um, – we, we are really going to be in, in a pickle if uh, – and and that's putting it lightly. I and mean, this is a national security issue. Uh, Joe is, is depleting de- – literally depleting – it will be the, the least amount of strategic oil – reserves we have had in 40 years, which is interesting, the highest inflation in 40 years and the least amount of uh, oil in our strategic supply. Uh, this is a national security issue, and it is not only a national security issue, it is because if something were, were to happen, as uh, something is inoculated, you know, a, a hurricane could knock us out, but it's certainly if we were to have some sort of uh, military conflict, it could be a major issue. But then he basically says to Saudi Arabia, when they don't kiss his rear end and, you know, jump up and salute Joe Biden when he asks for more oil output. um, He basically says there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia. And listen, there was a um, crown prince over there who basically has come out and said, anybody that challenges the existence of this country, talking about Saudi Arabia and this kingdom, all of us are products of the jihad and martyrdom. Uh, That's my message to anybody that thinks they can threaten us. Is that what it is, 100 million barrels? Uh, No, no. uh, Biden's latest decision marks more than 200 million barrels set for release. In less than two. No, I mean, okay, that's, that's the total. My, my producer Clark is whispering in my ear. Uh, that's, that's the total. So yeah, the, the newest amount is probably an additional 100 million. But listen, he is doing this to basically to control an election that is going to control the outcome of election. Now remember what Donald Trump was impeached for. Th- that phone call with the Ukrainian president. The, who he said? Well, you're trying to control the outcome of the election. I mean, I mean that was you had to, that was a stretch to come to that conclusion. There, I, this is not a stretch at all. Five six one eight two five five. Ernie's on the line. Hey, Ernie.
1: Hey, Tom. Listen, everything everything you say is well and good, but we need to change the trajectory of our country. I live in Carteret County. Traditionally, traditionally, it's been 70, 30 uh, Republican versus Democrat. Been that way for 22 years that I've lived here. And I'm sure it is close to that where you are. But Uh, no, that's the (laughs) country.
0: (laughs) Not not in Pitt County. I wish it was. But go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, oh, oh, okay, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is this has been the way the voting here is. And but if we can't change the trajectory of of our country right now we're talking a couple of days from now for early voting we are we are done as, as 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 the country we 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 know in the way the one i grew up in i'm 77 years old so i've been through it all you know the whole thing the vietnam all that stuff and we need to we do something real quick, or we are done.
0: Yeah, I I understand what you're saying, and I I empathize with where you are. Um, It's hard for me to disagree with your analysis. I will say, though, you know, in our darkest days, we do seem to – the pendulum does seem to swing – um my concern is not whether or not the the people will vote for the right candidates. I'm pretty confident they will. I I still have a concern will we have a fair election? Um I I think the the there is such resistance to emptying out the deep state that uh I I think the deep state will do anything. I mean, I think this this Danchenko uh, verdict that came out earlier this afternoon is a reflection of the deep state not wanting to uh, give an inch. So I, I, I am not optimistic over us having a fair election. This is why we need a we need a tsunami. I mean, we do need a tsunami in this coming election because I think there is going to be some uh, questionable procedures. And as uh, Carrie, as Carrie Lake said uh, earlier, I don't know if it was last night or earlier today, you know, this this whole bit about when uh, election deniers, she pulled out a list of 150 times that the the Democrats have, uh, uh, you know, been election deniers. So it's uh, yeah. Is there is there criticism over the process? Well, there certainly was, in my estimation, there ought to be a lot of criticism over the process in 2020. But I agree with you. I mean, we, yeah, this this ought to be a, a turning point, and and every conservative American out there needs to get on their knees and have personal repentance and beg to our Father, heavenly Father, please have mercy on us. I, I and I'm I'm dead serious when I say this. Please have mercy on us because. uh I, I do I will say this. If there is if this is not a huge swing in the in the conservative direction, uh yeah, it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, we've got to take another time out. Sorry I went too long in the first segment. Stay with us, I'll be right back.
1: This is your Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and
0: 103.7. Remember how I was just saying earlier how uh, Democrats want to project what they are doing wrong onto Republicans. Uh, interesting that Eric Swalwell, a.k.a. the Fang Fang lover, uh, he has gotten some new ads out. For his campaign, and basically he is saying that MAGA Republicans want women arrested for having an abortion, which is totally off the wall. I mean, again, I, I mean, all my listeners know this: the overturning of Roe v. Wade through the Dobbs decision it merely sends it back to the state; it's up to the states to decide. And uh, yet, who's getting arrested? It's not the. It's not the. The, the, the pro-abortion crowd that's getting arrested, it's the pro-life crowd that's getting arrested. By the way, speaking of uh, Eric Swalwell, Eric Swalwell's first nine month of 2022 is raising questions, a spending report for the first nine months of 2022, raising questions about Swalwell. Rob Pyers Research director for California Target Book, a nonpartisan group that provides information on congressional and state legislative election campaigns in the Golden State, recently posted a list showing Swalwell using proxy voting, the second most out of all House members, while also spending more than $250,000 in travel expenses. So in other words, he's staying home because of the pandemic that, according to Warlock, We're still in. That's why inflation is not under control because of the pandemic. Um, But he spent $250,000 while he was working from home on travel expenses. As uh, Republican Thomas Massey has reported and pointed out, while it may have been justified, this proxy voting, at the beginning of the pandemic, it is now being abused by members. It's still going on. This proxy voting for the pandemic is still going on. It's a being abused by members who are campaigning for other offices or raising money. But while he was staying at home on the, the, the issue that was uh, questionable, uh, the $250,000 in travel expenses, first of all, that was questionable since he's working from home. But secondly, Swalwell paid himself $33,517 during nine months for watching his own children. <laughs> I'm not kidding. For watching his own kids, he paid himself a babysitting fee of $33,000 while he stayed home. Yeah. Uh, And these are the people. Listen, if he's stealing from his own campaign, can you imagine what he's taking from you? We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So yesterday, just as we're going off, I mentioned this New York Times-Cenia uh, college poll that just came out late yesterday. Digging down a little a bit deeper into it, this is a huge swing for Republicans. I mean, this is huge. In just 30 days, independents have moved nine points in favor of Republicans. Nine points. Along with women, 13 points. And independent women, 32 points. Republicans lead Democrats among independents by 10 points, among independent women by 18 points. I mean, these swings are huge. The polling suggests independents and female voters have shifted their support behind Republicans in large part due to the Democrats' record high inflation and specifically soaring costs at the grocery store, according to the Pew Research Center. Uh, their analysis, 80% of mothers say they are the primary grocery shopper for the household. Um, interestingly, Nancy Pelosi, I mentioned this earlier, she was on MSNBC, Andrea Mitchell reports, and she dismissed it. Now, this is the New York Times. I mean, this is this is the, the thing that they genuflect to, the New York Times. And yet, when this bad polling comes out, Pelosi just dismisses it. Well, well, first of all, let me say that I think that much of what you have said, I don't agree with, she said to Mitchell. Uh, the New York Times poll, I think it's an outlier. You cite one poll, but it's all the other polls. Well, all the other polls are saying the same thing. Now, granted, this one is the most recent and it's uh, it's a pretty huge swing, but all the polls are pointing in this direction, Nancy, all of them. This one, perhaps by a larger margin, but all of them are pointing that way. Keep whistling through the graveyard, Nancy, and uh, pack your bags. I understand you're going to be the new Italian ambassador for uh, Joe Biden. Uh, anyway, go over and enjoy the wine. I'm sure your husband will and uh, see you later alligator. We'll do it again tomorrow at five o'clock. We'll see you then. By the way, uh, it's gonna have a special uh, individual running for the state House with us tomorrow at 5:20. Look forward to having you with us and uh, him as well. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right. Karen Kozel, tell us why you're running for 5th District State Senate.
1: Well, I'm running because I think that we need to uphold our conservative constitutional values. I believe in pro-life. I support parental rights. I support the first responders. I support a smaller government. I support the right to bear arms, freedom of speech, education reform, local farmers, legal immigration, and energy independence. Vote for me, Karen
0: Kozel paid for by committee to elect Karen Cosel. I'm Representative Keith Kidwell. Our country is facing an upsurge in crime due to soft on crime Democrat policies. To keep our families safe, North Carolina needs conservative leaders who will be tough on crime and back our law enforcement. North Carolina needs to elect our Republican legislative team who will support anti-crime legislation. North Carolina needs our tough on crime Republican slate of judges on the Supreme Court and the Court of Appeals instead of soft on crime Democrats. Beaufort County needs a sheriff with experience, vision, and leadership to keep Beaufort County safe. Scott Hammonds is the only conservative in the race for sheriff and the only candidate with law enforcement experience in command. Scott brings years of law enforcement experience in the military, police, and the highway patrol. Please join me in taking a bite out of crime by electing the Republican legislative team, the Republican.